0: Tomorrow night, I'm getting on a plane to fly to Montreal, and if I'm going there to cover whatever it is that's going to happen to Evgeny Malkin and or Chris Letang, that is not a good thing. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates, where you found this. The NHL draft begins on the floor of the Bell Center Thursday night with round one. The Penguins will have the 21st overall pick. They actually are going to keep it, by all accounts. And they're actually going to have other picks in the draft, though not a second rounder or a third rounder, at least not for now. But that won't come close to being the top story surrounding their table, or really even the floor as a whole. Because you're not going to make it to Montreal with Latang being potentially available without that becoming the story of the draft. And I don't mean from a Pittsburgh-centric standpoint. I mean the story. When I was up in Montreal this past November for the Penguins, game up there the marquee at bell center one of them they have a bunch of them but the one that faces the starbucks that i was sitting at said pittsburgh versus montreal whatever and there was animation and everything else and there came the image of chris letang (laughs) i remember thinking at the time you know this this team's also got Sidney crosby playing on it nope wasn't the star up there. Wasn't the main attraction. Their promotion revolved around 58. And he is, of course, a Montreal native. The Canadians, of course, now have a GM, Kent Hughes, who used to be Latang's agent before taking that exact job. And the Habs, of course, could use a whole heck of a lot of help they were nothing less than the worst team in the NHL this past season right after making it to the Stanley Cup final. Now, it doesn't help that they lost Carey Price. They lost Jay Weber. They lost more than all of that, actually. But the feeling in Montreal is always, always that the next year is the year that they can win the Cup. Even though they haven't won one since 93, they feel like it's a there's no such thing as rebuilding. Everything is just about now, 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 now. Very Steelers-like in that regard, if you're looking for a Pittsburgh parallel. Every year is the year that you got to do it all. So when those people, and I'm not talking about the Canadians themselves, but you know, the world that surrounds them up there, see, hear, and feel that. A native son might become available who could genuinely help turn them around, who's never really been part of a losing collective in his life. Well, you know, that's going to turn this into a circus or Cirque du Soleil or whatever. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals. For those in need, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. Latang needs to get done. Letang needs to get done like today or tomorrow, and I'm not exaggerating. When I say that, you don't want to see this go up there. You definitely don't want to see it stretch out to the July 13 opening of NHL free agency. Whatever the gap is, and I can't imagine that it would be very big as I've been saying all along, fill it. Figure it out after the fact. There is no replacement to be had for this player. Not this year, not next year, not the year after that. Even if there's a slight decline in Letang's play. There is no player at that pay, at that cap hit, that you can get in Pittsburgh. Not about sentimentality. Can't say that often enough. Pay Letang, get him done. I feel that once Letang is done, that's going to be the first domino, meaning the real domino. Brian Rust was never going to be that. Brian Rust was just someone who Discussed with management a very clear vision of how and why he wanted to stay in Pittsburgh, and they signed a mutually terrific deal. The domino is, was, and always will be Latang until he gets knocked over. When that happens, and the Penguins see exactly how much they've got left, then they can get Malkin done. I'm positive of that one. I am just positive. Now, what's that leave for... Ricard Raquel, what's that leave for an extension for Tristan Jari? That gets a little complicated. There's a part of me that suspects, and not necessarily in a sinister way, but more of an, an admiring way, because this would be a smart approach, that the reason the Penguins haven't done anything with anyone else, meaning Malkin, Raquel, anybody other than Rust, was that if you think about it, they'd lose their leverage with Letang. If LeTang sees them signing other guys and whatever else, or more to the point, sending signals that they're not signing someone like, say, Raquel, then Latang can say, well, hey, you don't have a cap crunch at all. Let's talk about even a little bit more money for me. But by going this way, and by Brian Burke making the public statement that he did last week, that he knew was going to catch the whole hockey world's attention and it of course did. The pressure moves to the player's side. If the Penguins and Latang are talking about something that's right in the range between 7 and 8 million of average annual value, and that's what I've been saying all along that it should be. He was at 7.25 on the previous contract. Great. Great. Get that done. You are not losing this player at this point in time over this insignificant sum of money. And when I say insignificant, let me put it another way. Whoever the Penguins get to fill the role that Evan Rodriguez played this past season, including possibly Evan himself, is going to cost around a million dollars. Those players are out there. With all due respect to Evan, with all due respect to Danton Heinen, it was a terrific signing on Hextall's part at $1.1 million. You can find these guys. You just need good scouts. They don't cost much, and you definitely don't lose a player of Letang's magnitude over that sum. You just don't get this done. When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Alex Evinoski, who writes, Yeah, let's sign the 35 and the 36-year-olds to extensions. I smell another cup coming. Look, the Penguins' prospects are ranked universally near the bottom of the league, if not at the bottom. It's them in Seattle, which is an expansion team. Show me another team with its core players in their mid-30s that won a Stanley Cup. Every year that goes by, the chances get lesser and lesser. It's the truth. If I were the Penguins in a last desperate effort to try and win a cup, I'd let Malkin go and sign Latang. Use the Malkin money to try and swing a trade or a free agent like Philip Forsberg, who's only 28. I appreciate what you're bringing up, Alex. Not wild about the tone. I mean... You know, we can probably do this without being sarcastic. Uh, This isn't conventional talk radio. If you want that, you know, call 412 333 uh, hot takes or whatever it is that they go by. Um, That's not my thing. However, you make valid hockey points within what you say. And it is challenging, I'd say, to envision the Penguins. Competing for a Stanley Cup, even if we weren't talking about, you know, core 35, 36-year-old, remember Sid is in that same age bracket, because that'd be true just on the fact that they've had the four first-round exits in a row. Now, people like me and you who watch this stuff closely, we can say, hey, you know, last year was about goaltending, this year was about goaltending. But four first round exits is exactly what it is. So you could very reasonably just look at that and say this this doesn't have much of a chance. But here's what I keep coming back to. You're not going to find a superior player, let alone a younger one, to fit within your cap bracket. You're just not. You seem to be suggesting. No, no, no. You actually did suggest. You put it in writing. That the Penguins could sign Letang, let Malkin go, but then just go and pick up Philip Forsberg as if there's not going to be any market for this guy. This might be the premier guy out there. I like him. I'm not going to get into a him versus Johnny Hockey thing, but there's a lot of things that Forsberg can bring to your team that Gaudreau can't. And I feel like that he's probably in a comparable range, if not necessarily one that'll be a match. If it's true that the Flyers really want Johnny Hockey and the Flames are really going to push hard to keep him, then his price is probably going to end up higher than Forsberg's. But they're both going to be high, and they're both going to make more. Take this to the figurative bank. They're both going to make more than Geno will next season. Regardless of where Gino goes. What's more, if you counter that by saying, okay, well, don't sign anybody else, don't sign Raquel, don't sign, just commit it all to Philip Forsberg, I'm sorry, you're going to have a lousy team. You just are. It's, I'm not even beginning to address the goaltending here. And by that, I'm not talking about the backup, I'm talking about Jari needing to be signed to an extension before he enters his walk year. I can't say this often enough. Drop the narratives. Drop the notion that this has to be about sentimentality. This is about keeping the best available, affordable second-line center in hockey. It's about keeping the best available, affordable, number one defenseman in hockey. And they're already here, and they want to stay. I appreciate the question. Again, can do without the tone, but I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone who listens to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll have one more of these tomorrow before the plane takes off. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks?